Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown, and we found Ben Bakken. He is the Senior Vice President and Lansing Market Director for TriStar Trust Bank. And Ben, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks very much, Vic. And yeah, you're right. I don't sneak up on anybody. No, I was suggesting to many that know you that no one can not see you coming, Ben. How tall are you? I'm six foot ten, and so yeah, I guess for your listeners, it doesn't come through like that. But uh, I've been told I have a face for radio, but maybe height as well. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, I'm sure it's been a blessing and a curse. We'll probably talk about that in our visit today. But you know, when I think about somebody that's as tall as you are, you always get the question about basketball. You always get the question about, wow, you're a big one. All the other observations they make, I usually get that about my weight. But you got to get it about your height. So. But, you know, Ben, before we get too far down the road and unpack all of the good stuff that you've got to share with us, tell me a little bit about your current role in what I think your official title is Senior Vice President and Lansing Market Director for TriStar Trust. That's right, Vic. Yeah. So I'm in my fifth year here at TriStar Trust. And I'll tell you, this is the happiest professionally I've ever been in an organization. We are in investment management, wealth management, financial planning trust company. We offer philanthropic solutions to nonprofit clients. We offer retirement plans, 401ks to our business customers, in addition to the bread and butter of what we do, which is individuals and families in terms of helping them plan for their successful futures. So it's a great organization with great people. We have wonderful clients and it's just awesome to see the type of impact that we're able to have on people every day. And it's a really great organization that I'm very fortunate to be part of. Yeah, very cool. And you know, and you've been there for five years. And so, you know, we've got so much to talk about. And sometimes these shows fly by on us. But let me just go all the way back to the beginning because you, young man from Lansing, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so obviously with that height, you didn't get that all in your final year of high school, right? Did that come early? Yeah, it did. So my dad's six foot ten as well. Although I think in his age, maybe that spine's compressed a little bit. So I've got to see. But yeah, you know, I'm sitting, you know, right now in my office here, right across the street from the ballpark in the stadium district building in TriStar's office. And I was born, you know, just a little bit down the road at Sparrow. I myself been here my whole life, born in Lansing, grew up in Lansing, Lansing schools, and then ended up moving out to Holt. And so kind of, you know, rest is history in terms of, you know, gone to college and all the different things I've had the opportunity to be part of my life. Wow. Isn't it remarkable? You know, I have a mother-in-law that grew up on one end of Willow as a young child over by the river and now lives in a senior's apartment on the other end of Willow. And that's 80 some years later. So it's interesting when you find home, it feels right, doesn't it? It's funny how things come full circle. You know, I grew up in the Colonial Village neighborhood, kind of MLK, Mount Hope, Boston Boulevard, that area. Had a great life growing up there. And I have always been tall, kind of grew consistently through high school and then actually even into my first year of college. And so, yeah, at six foot ten, that's relevant. It's part of my life. I'm easy to spot. I joke that my wife, Sarah, may have married me just because I'm easy to find yeah. if we ever go to Disney or anything like that. So... I love it. <laughs> you got easy to pick out in a crowd. Well, Ben, let me, this might be a little bit off the mark, but I'm just curious. When I think about somebody that has a lot of height, maybe at an early age, a lot of times there's assumptions about their age and their maturity. And was that difficult for you as a boy? Because you probably towered over everybody else, but yet maturity level, maybe you weren't quite as far along as your height was. 
Yeah, absolutely. I constantly would be mistaken for somebody older. And so it did lead to some funny situations here and there, but certainly helped with basketball. There's no denying that, which, you know, athletics and basketball were a poor part of my life, you know, both through high school and then college and uh, coaching afterwards. And now today, even coaching my kids. In this first segment, why don't you just give us some highlights from the high school career, and then that did launch you. I think you went to, was it Northwood Institute or Northwood University? So I got my master's from Northwood. Northwood, uh, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, if you want to be happy to give that kind of background, Vic. Let's start with high school. Did you have some success there? Yeah, so we ended up in Holt. So the story there, we were in Lansing schools, which we enjoyed very much, and a bond failed in Lansing oh. on a Thai boat. <laughs> uh, I think the one of the only times that's ever happened in the history of the country went to recount on a Thai, pass a bond, you need more yeses than noes, and it didn't get that. So at that point, my parents said, well, hey, this community's not supporting its schools, and we're moving to the suburbs. And that was entering my seventh grade year. Wow. And so moved out to Holt, and so still maintained a lot of great relationships and friends through Lansing schools. But, you know, I was at Holt, and, you know, I was one of those kids who was not necessarily the most dominant player when I was a youth player. And in eighth grade, I was on the B team. In ninth grade, my first game, I didn't play didn't see the floor and then but I continued to work on the game and I loved it and by my sophomore year I got you know to go up and play on varsity by my senior year I was you know all-state player we had some success and I was fortunate enough to get some offers to play basketball after high school well we're going to hear about where those offers took you to in our next segment but Ben we're so glad to have you here with us right here on the leadership lowdown this is the Michigan Business Network I'm Vic Vercherel we'll be right back We do office and have been exceeding our customers' expectations since 1984. DBI is celebrating its 30th anniversary as a premier office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. DBI offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. Find out what DBI can do for your office at dbis.com. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network with Ben Bach, and he is the Senior Vice President and Lansing Market Director for TriStar Trust Bank. And so, Ben, as we unpack this story, you've had some success in high school, and now uh, probably people are wondering, hey, this six foot ten guy, you can't coach height. That's going to be somebody we got to talk to. What was next for you? Yeah, so it was interesting. So kind of my quick senior year story that rolls us into college. So, you know, my senior year of high school, we were having some success at the time. Holt really hadn't had a tremendous amount of success. We had a pretty good team at a time where there were a lot of good teams in the area. I broke my pelvis in my 11th game or 12th game of the year. Oh, my. Weird injury, got undercut and fell and landed on my side and on my elbow. And my elbow broke my pelvis. So that ended my senior year. And several of the schools that had shown interest in me, for obvious reasons, you know, were moving in other directions because of that injury. 
And but one of the schools that stayed engaged was Kent State. And I enjoyed that campus, liked the coach. And so that's where I ended up going to play basketball initially was Kent State University in Ohio, just about a half hour south of Cleveland. Yeah. So, well, yeah. interesting. And so you went to Kent State and you were there for two years at Kent State? Yep, that's right. So I was there under two different coaches, two different coaching styles, you know, learned some things about leadership there. And but had a great experience, but kind of lost the fire to play. Yeah, and, sure. And then for those who played any sports, you know, past high school, you know, when you're in high school and you're just maybe better than everybody or a lot of people, you know, it's a lot of fun and you know, have a lot of success. You get to college and everybody's, you know, really good. And <laughs> it's a job and it's yeah. a lot of work and it's a job. And there's some things obviously that have changed with athletics with NIL and other. And I support it because it's a real, real, real commitment. And I just stopped. I just kind of lost the fire. I lost the excitement to play. And if you don't have that excitement and that fire, then it just doesn't work. And so then I made a decision after my sophomore year to just not be a basketball player anymore. And at that point, basketball had really defined me and who I was. And I kind of wanted to figure out who I was without basketball. So I came back home, went to Michigan State for a year. I was on campus, going to school, not with an interest to play. Ironically, through Mike Increment, LCC's basketball coach, he had some communication with the Michigan State basketball program who didn't recruit me in high school, but that, that I was on campus. And I got invited in and offered a uh, spot on the team as a preferred walk-on, and uh, which I've always been a Spartan fan. It was kind of my dream. But again, I didn't have the fire at that time. And I also knew that I wasn't a Big Ten level player in terms of my ability you know, but it would have been pretty cool to be on that team. Vic, had sure. I known they were going to win a national title in two years, maybe I would have made that <laughs> I, I respectfully declined that offer and was just a student for a year at Michigan State, had a great experience. But then watching the March Madness that next spring, and I could still play, got fired up about basketball again. I ended up at Wayne State University for my last two. Their head coach is the only coach I've ever played for taller than me. His name oh. is Ron Hamby. <laughs> And he stayed in touch and stayed engaged. I was playing men's league up at court one up on Lake Lansing and he'd come watch and wanted me to come play. And so I did. And that's where I played my last two years and had a wonderful experience. He was a tremendous leader. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left in this segment, but quickly, what are your thoughts on some of the big leadership takeaways in that whole run of basketball in your life? Yeah, I think the big takeaway that still sticks with me today in terms of the different coaches that I've played for, especially after high school, where it does matter, wins and losses matter, and people lose their jobs in that role as a head coach if you're not winning. You know, those coaches who viewed their role to make their players successful first and that that would lead to their success was one approach. And that was very clear versus coaches that I've played for where it was very apparent to me that they were primarily interested in their success and that if they were successful, you know, through that, maybe their players would be successful. It sounds like the same thing, but it's not from a leadership standpoint. And that's carried with me today in terms of, you know, if all I can do is help make sure people on my team are successful, then I will inevitably be successful. And that's what I learned. And that was a key component I take with me today. Ben, truly, that's a headline, honestly, for where we're at today is that when you think about helping others succeed, we've all known those people that are all about them. But when you yep. look at those great leaders that you want to follow anywhere, they're all about helping others climb that mountain and get to their success. I think that translates so well into business, doesn't it? Oh, no question. Every day. I mean, you know, every leader has goals. Every leader has things that they need to accomplish. And if they focus on just 
their goals and their success, that's very different than saying that if these are my goals and how can I focus the goals of my team so that if they drive their success, then that will help make sure that those goals that I have are successful. And then I don't have to focus on my goals anymore. All I have to focus (laughs) on are what my team wants to achieve and make sure those are aligned with the organizational goals. And then my focus can entirely be on them being successful and the rest takes care of itself. You know, it's just so incredible to me. It's so basic and yet so brilliant. And I just love the fact you're sharing it with us today, Ben. So glad we got six foot 10 Ben with us right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercherot. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. And we're right here on the Michigan Business Network on the Leadership Lowdown with Ben Bakken, who is the Senior Vice President and Lansing Market Director for TriStar Trust. And of course, Ben, you're doing so many great things here in town. I want to work my way toward what got you to doing what you're doing, but you're coming out of a pretty cool experience. It sounds like you had a great experience in high school, great athletic experience, some good coach mentoring along the way. There's got to be things that as that shaped you as a young man going, I want to do something meaningful in my life. I want to do something with people that have certain elements. How did all that shape your background? How did all that shape your uh, current world and what brought you to where you're at? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to talk about that and feel free to interject at any point if you want me to dive deeper on something. But so through college, let me start there. Math had always kind of come easy to me. And so I was a math major, but I didn't really find the right application of that through, you know, and I was just kind of taking math classes. So I ended up transitioning into political science in college. And that's when I got my undergraduate degree in. And I got my first job out of college at Dark Container down in Mason. Great company, mm-hmm. culture I really enjoyed, a lot of great people I worked with there. And my first boss there was still to this day one of the best bosses I've ever had. Oh. And he was someone that if I came in with a question, I had his absolute undivided attention, you know, and he could have been busy with anything else, but I knew that he cared about me and I knew that I was important to him. And I learned a tremendous amount from him. His name was Hunt, and I still stay in touch with him to this day. Awesome. I went back to graduate school at that time, and that's when I took a finance course that I hadn't had in my undergrad, and I really fell in love with it. And one thing led to another, and I ended up with a job at Republic Bank, 
which then later became Citizens Bank, and then you know since then is now even a different bank. But yeah, right. at Republic, you know, I had some great leadership examples there as well. I started as kind of a credit analyst, and then I had a boss that moved me into a junior lender role and really took me under his wing. His name is Tom Zernick. Again, stay in touch with him today. And he really empowered me and trusted me. And he was someone who, you know, when things didn't go well, you know, for him, that was on him. And if things did go well, that was because of me. And that's one thing I've learned that I've tried to take with me today in terms of, you know, being accountable as a leader when something doesn't go well, but also, you know, letting others share the success when it does. And I've tried Mm -hmm. to do that to the best of my ability. And that's a fundamental thing, I think, for people in leadership roles. I remember I was uh, given my big title and I'm sitting in my first staff meeting surrounded by all these other vice presidents and something had gone wrong and it was truly not my fault. My staff person had not given me whatever I was supposed to have and I just said the truth. And they all called me out on it. And it was a valuable lesson because, you know what? You're right. I'm accountable. It's not others around me. I'm accountable. And so it was one of those things that kind of kicked you right away. But when you talked about your dart experience and your first boss was such an incredible boss, that was so cool. And one of the things that happened years ago, I was with somebody and they were inside of our organization. And the guy said to me, my boss, he's just not a mentor to me. And I go, oh, wait a minute. Do you think that your boss has to be a mentor? You are truly a blessed individual if your boss is a mentor. But just because they're your boss doesn't mean that's your mentor. You need to find the mentors that are relevant in your life, not just somebody that's been assigned to you to make sure you're getting your work done, right? So can you speak to that whole thing about what a fortunate guy you were to have a great boss? But that doesn't mean that's your disability, if you will, that why you can't get things done or why you can't be all you can be because you don't have a good boss. No, you're exactly right. And it is a two-way street in terms of that relationship. That We use these words like boss, manager, supervisor, leader, mentor, synonymously, and they're just not. They're very different roles. Right. And you know, just because through an org chart, someone is assigned to you as your boss or your supervisor, yeah, they approve your vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Check the box. Do your reviews. But, you know, number one, it doesn't mean that it's their responsibility to be your mentor. And it also doesn't necessarily mean that that's within their skill set. And so it was really on me, as I've always felt it has been in terms of being a learner and a lifelong learner and wanting to improve and get better, that, you know, who am I going to reach out to that I can benefit from This one happened to be my supervisor, but had he not been my supervisor, had it been someone else, I still would have gravitated to him in that way because he had that passion for wanting to see other people develop and succeed. And not everybody does. And there's some very strong, successful, accomplished supervisors who are good at that role who aren't necessarily skilled in terms of development and mentorship. And so it does fall back on the employee. It is a two-way street in terms of finding that person who's good, who has a passion for wanting to see be successful. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, I think in your world, you probably, maybe as a young person, did you ever, were you never an intern? I never had a formal intern role. No, nope, yeah. I never did that. I mean, I, in a way, you could say that, you know, college athletics is a little bit of a... Yeah, good point, good point. Well, I was thinking about, I heard a show, they had the interns on their show kind of talking about their experience. And one of the interns asked, how do you approach sometimes the really big all-star people that are in your firm? They're always busy. They seem unapproachable sometimes. 
And the whole point was do your homework and walk up and say, hey, Mr. Bakken, I just want you to know that uh, I've watched and I knew that you were quite successful in basketball. I'd be interested in hearing about some of your successful coaches that meant the most to you. I mean, something like that approaching oh, yeah. you as a leader is they've done their homework. They come up and ask you a question and it gives you a chance to pour into them. And Ben, we're glad you're pouring into us today. We're so glad you're here on Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. We're halfway through with Ben back, and I can't believe that we're uh, going so fast here with this. It's just time's flying by as we're learning and taking notes from the Senior Vice President of TriStar Trust, and we're so glad to have you with us, Ben. And Ben, you know, in our last segment, we talked a little bit about titles that we have fixed to people, but when we call somebody our mentor... That means that we've identified them, that they've made some very significant strides in our life to help us along the way. So I just wonder, are there some all-stars on your mentorship team that you'd uh, be willing to share? Yeah, I mean, quite a few and more than we probably got time to get into this segment today. But a couple I'll highlight back kind of where we were when I was with Republic Bank. Again, Tom Zernick was my boss and he identified me in a different department and then really work with the bank to create a position they didn't have before so that he could take me under his wing. So part of that was me with the initiative, being proactive to engage with him because I saw the way that he conducted himself as a commercial loan officer, which was a goal that I had and I wanted to learn from him. And so I was proactive building a relationship with him and he reciprocated and really brought me under his wing and I learned a tremendous amount. The other one, and this is a quick funny story of Republic, or someone who's really, I continue to have a relationship and I consider a mentor, Kenny Pete Lemmer, who was not directly in my supervisory chain. He was the legal counsel for Republic Bank. I was in the commercial lending division. First time I met him was my first day at the bank. And I was walking down the executive wing, getting introduced to all the bigwigs and kind of a nervous, you know, knee-knocking moment for the young first day guy in, in banking. And Pete Lemmer walks out. He's an absolute basketball junkie. He looks at me and he looks up and he says, jokingly, but he says, if you didn't play basketball, I didn't even want to know who you are. (laughs) uh, I said, well, actually, this is a good story about the same situation, different perspectives. He says he used to work up in Houghton, Michigan, and he went to a Michigan Tech game after I told him that I played basketball at Wayne State. He said, the best basketball game I've ever seen in my life was a Michigan Tech-Wayne State game. It was great. You know, Michigan Tech was down by something like six points with a minute left, and they came back and won. It was a great game, and I've always remembered Wayne State for that. And I said, well, the worst game that I've ever seen in my life was that same game. And actually, (laughs) (laughs) technically, we were up eight with about 40 seconds left. I followed out and we lost. And so same situation, same story. Different different side side. of the bench, weren't you? (laughs) But he was a big basketball 
basketball guy and he really engaged with me and he's such a community focused guy you know he works now for another financial institution still as legal counsel but he's so engaged with so many things and he's so high energy and he takes things on he exemplifies what's my favorite quote which is a quote from the Lorax of all things. I've got five kids, between three kids and my two stepkids, and we watch a lot of kids' movies. And the Lorax, the line is, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And I think about that all the time in terms of we see the things around us in the world that, oh, look over there, you know, boy, that could be better. Somebody should do something about that. Well, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot and you want to do something about it, it's not going to get better. And Pete really exemplified that. And I think that's a big part of where I got my passion for community service and community engagement. And that's become a really important part of my life. And TriStar absolutely embraces that and celebrates that. And it's part of the reason that I'm so happy and fortunate to be in an organization like this. That's just powerful stuff. And it's so amazing to have mentors and people that have meant so much. I have to ask you, have you taken the time to drop a handwritten note back to some of those people that have meant so much to you? You know what? I am good at connecting and reaching out and making touches and letting people know, Vic, I need to be better like you are. You're so good with the handwritten notes. Uh-huh. And I need to be better at that. And that's, you know what? I'm going to make a little note. That's on my to-do list for today. So. Well, that's awesome. And of course, yeah. you know, getting a note from somebody successful like that, and it's funny that you mentioned that. I have a personal situation. Years ago, an art teacher made a big difference to me. And I've got the letter almost done. And I just got her address, so I can't wait to send it to her. She's got to be in her 70s plus, so I'm looking forward to hopefully getting in contact with her. But, you know, those things make a difference. And, of course, it's a way to make a little bit of a payday because sometimes people doing things beyond what they normally get paid for is an excellent way to make a difference in somebody's life. And so other mentors that you have, I think there's some other ones that you probably you want to mention as well. We won't have time to get their whole story in. Any other ones that you want to comment on? Yeah, I mean, so too many to name, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but I'll say, you know, some key ones. Mark McDaniel, good friend of mine from Sanair. Tremendous. Learned a lot from him, and I stay in touch with him very, very regularly. Another key one who's very influential in my life has been former Mayor David Hollister, and I've got notes from a meeting I had with him once that are still up in my office, and I look at regularly. Oh, nice. um, So, yeah. Nice stuff. Well, and I have to tell you that those are kind of amazing to have people like that in our lives. And they mean so much to us. And we just uh, so many times we're guys. And sometimes the guys go, yeah, I know. We just don't ever say it. But sometimes it really means a lot when you do say it and you mean it. And of course, you're helping us learn so much from you today. So glad you're with us today, Six Foot Ten Ben. We'll be right back on the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Verschero on the Michigan Business Network.
Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. This is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network with Ben Bakken and, of course, our Senior Vice President for TriStar Trust. And, Ben, as we get rolling here back into some of these stories, one of the things that I think is so meaningful to me in terms of meeting you and, frankly, watching you. Again, you can't hide in the crowd. But, you know, watching you from afar, what I'm seeing is tremendous community commitment. And I'm not just saying that. That's not just because part of what you do is trying to be relevant in the Lansing market. I think it means a lot to you coming from here. And you're not just assigned here. This is your home. So tell me about your commitment to community and maybe where some of that came from and some of the ways you're following through. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, and, and it started like a lot of people, honestly, with my parents. I mean, I, I can remember a story where we were on a family vacation and driving somewhere, we were driving through a city and there was a protest going on and we pulled the car over. They said, kids, get out of the car, hold a sign, walk with us, you know, and <laughs> you know, they'd always been, you know, someone had been wronged and they were, you know, kind of doing what they felt was right to help other people out. You know, being active in community is something that was always important to them through volunteer efforts and other things. And they really, you know, helped me with that. I mentioned Pete Lemmer when I met him and how community involved that he was outside of his work and how passionate I got for that. Tom Zernick kind of the same way at Republic. You know, Mark McDaniel is one who has really become, I'm fortunate to say, a close friend and somebody that's a big part of my life. And watching what he's done in terms of success that he's had with his organization and his leadership style, but all with something that's always been focused on you know, housing and the opportunities that can exist for people, you know, who have safe and healthy housing and a place to live and, you know, how he's made this world better through his work, you know, has just been something that I'm proud to know him, you know, but then through that, you know, really community involvement became an important part for me and the different things that I wanted to get involved in, whether it was my early days of, you know, the YMCA, you know, being on one of those boards in the finance committee to, you know, raising money for Special Olympics and the Polar Plunge through some friends. We got started on that. And I think I've done that 15 years now, which is a lot of fun. You know, some of those kind of fun things I've done through, you know, Sparrow Foundation and Dapper Dads, those are fun, positive things to things that are really hard and challenging work that I've done that I thought my finance, you know, background and experience could help others, you know, spent some time on whole public schools, Board of Education, helped run a successful bond campaign that was in Holt. Those aren't easy things. Those are challenging things, but they were really impactful. You know, and then last, rolling into a really key mentor who's tremendously influential in my life and continues to be former Mayor David Hollister. Former Mayor Burge Bonero asked me to join what was called the Lansing Financial Health Team. And this was a group that was tasked with really addressing some challenging things for the city. We didn't have any power. There was no decision-making authority. We were just a group of people who cared that got together to try to help give the city some guidance. This was under Mayor Bonero in terms of some challenging things they were dealing with, things that were not fun to talk about, you know, retiree pensions, retiree health care benefits, things like that, you know, budget situation that was a challenge. But it was something that I knew that I could help with. 
And so it was a big part of my life. I took a lot of time from just starting with that organization to then assuming eventually the chair of the financial health team role. But the relationships that I built with some people and the leadership that I saw there was instrumental with quite a number of people, too many to name. But one of the key ones that has remained in my life has been Mayor Hollister. And, you know, he helped me identify at a time when I was heavy into things that I was doing in the community that really I enjoyed. It was a pillar for me, but striking that balance and not losing that balance of other important things in our lives. And he helped center me in a pretty significant way. So tell me about that. I don't want to pass that by because I think that's pretty key balance in terms of family, Ben, or balance of every health. What are we talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So through that group, without getting into the details, we were going through some challenging times and we were trying to make an impact and help. But this was tough stuff that we were talking about. It was a lot of hard work from everybody. So that was an important thing that I was pouring into trying to help make an impact. I had, you know, three kids who I loved in a household, you know, that obviously the family and personal side that I was trying to do my best with as a dad and as a husband. And then I had my professional work, which was very important. And there was a meeting that we had. In fact, the date was July 30th. I've got it on my notes here. And this was back in 2018. And we had a meeting that didn't go well. Let's just say that. Mayor Hollister reached out to me and asked me to have a meeting with him in my office. And I thought I was going to get my hand slapped a little bit for how the meeting went. He came in my office and we sat down, just the two of us. And he right out of the shoe, looked me in the eye, and he said, Ben, you can tell me, you can kick me out of your office if you want, but I think that you are failing with balance oh my. in your life right now. You know, and at that point, we didn't have a tremendous personal relationship, but he said, I bet your home life is struggling. I bet your work life is struggling because you're taking on too much. And he said, you have the opportunity to provide a lot of positive impact for this community, but I think you're failing with balance. And he was right. And I got emotional like I'm getting now. And you know, he helped me recenter the importance of the balance of those things because he was a writer in all ways. And it's why I have the notes framed in my office. And when he reaches out to myself or my wife, he'll ask, how's my balance? It's the first thing he asks. <laughs> it's really, really, really powerful. Oh, that's tremendous. You know, it's the power of a leader is really ingrained into us, yeah. into our hearts and reaches deep inside of us. Man, you're doing great work today yeah. here for all of us, Ben. So glad you're with us right here on Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. our final segment right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm so sad our time is coming to an end here with Ben Bach, and he is a Senior Vice President for TriStar Trust. And of course, Ben, I'm just so grateful for your time today. There's so many things that you're doing and so many stories you've shared. I think about all of that has kind of lined up to put you into a important key role here in town and tell us how all of these have kind of come together and unpacked to do some great background to get you where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Vic, I'm now at a 
point where my balance is at the best it's ever been in my entire life. And I'm with an organization at TriStar Trust Bank that absolutely celebrates that and exemplifies it. You know, my balance through, you know, my home life with my kids. My daughter Claire is 12, my stepdaughter Emma's 12, my son Jack is 10, my stepson Alex is 9, and my son Henry is 7. And my wife Sarah and I are so fortunate with the life that we have, and it's a busy life through athletics and other things that kids are in, but it's such a wonderful part of my life, and it provides me a balance in that key leg of my life. I think of the three-leg stool. So I've got my personal life there that's in a great spot. You know, you know, in terms of my nonprofit and my community engagement work, I have great balance there as well in terms of the things that I'm really focusing on now. Joining the LCC Foundation, active with the whole Education Foundation, active with the Local Development Finance Authority, Greater Lansing Smart Zone, still involved with Special Olympics and the Sparrow Foundation. But really a big key of that kind of community and volunteer time now is, quite honestly, with my kids and with coaching. Yeah, what I do there. And, you know, I was volunteer basketball coach at Holt from 2004 to 2017. We won a state championship. We had a lot of success. But I have more fun now, I think, in youth coaching than I ever had, you know, with that or even myself playing. And, you know, we talk about things all the time in practice and games that are very important to me and translate well to my professional life where, you know, for the kids that I coach, they know this, they hear it all the time. It's drilled into their head at the start of every practice, end of every practice, same for every game. We talk about the things that we can control. We don't control winning. Winning is an outcome, just like in business, success is an outcome. So we focus on the things that we can control. And the kids know that they have three jobs every single day when they put their sneakers on. And we talk about this and we recite it. Their first one is that they need to try their best. They don't need to be as good as anyone else. They don't need to do more than they're capable of doing. But whoever's their best, they need to bring that. The second thing is that they need to find the opportunity to get better at one thing. Anytime you put your sneakers on, there's an opportunity to get better at one thing. And then the last thing that they need to do is have fun. And if they do that, and if they have fun, and they get better at one thing, and they try their best, then we've had a successful day regardless of the outcome. Wow, that's excellent. And when I think about that in the professional world, Vic, think about that. If we go to work every day, if today, if by the end of the day, I know I've tried my best at my job, I know that I've learned one new thing, I got better at one thing, and I had fun, Vic, that's a good day. And so in the same way it translates to youth, it translates professionally. And I tell my parents when I coach that I would gauge my success as a coach on whether or not your kid wants to play next year. Are you staying engaged? Are you enjoying it? Then I've been successful. And again, think of that for our team and the people who work for us. If they're motivated to come to work every day and they want to continue to work for you and be part of that, and you're focusing on their success, not your own, you build something special over time when you do that. And TriStar just really celebrates that. They really welcome that. TriStar is focused on a concept called conscious capitalism. Conscious capitalism focuses on having a higher purpose for your organization and what you do. Focuses on having stakeholder integration to all those parties that matter. Customers, suppliers, employees, environment, community. That you have a conscious leadership style in what you do and that you develop conscious leaders. And so, you know, through that, it just ties in so well with what I do. And that's how we're able to attract an outstanding team, retain outstanding teams, develop them. And through that, we're then successful with clients. You know, obviously serving clients and growing, you know, for a business is our goal. But again, as I said earlier, if you focus on that, you're not going to be successful. Focus on what you can control. 
attracting good people, retaining them, developing them, making sure they're successful, the rest takes care of itself. And it's just such a pleasure to work in an organization that believes in that. And well, through that, we've had great client success. Ben, I have to tell you, this has been an enjoyable discussion. Worth the price of admission is what you just shared. And of course, I have to tell you, everything as a third-party observer watching you and watching TriStar, I can tell you, you guys live it. And it's one thing to say it. It's one thing to write it down on a flashcard, but it's a whole nother thing to actually see it in action. And I think that's one of the most exciting things that I see watching you as uh, the community leader that you are and watching the organization of TriStar doing what they're doing. I'm in awe and I am so jacked that you guys are in town doing what you're doing and grateful for it. Holy cow. Congratulations on uh, being in your position and for making it so relevant in terms of all that you do. Absolutely, Vic. And just to wrap up, I mean, you're exactly right. We believe in our higher purpose at TriStar, which is building caring, genuine relationships that strengthen families and transform communities. And that's why that's what we focus on every day. You know, we differentiate ourselves by saying that our clients achieve their financial goals through personalized wealth management solutions from caring local objective experts. But that's what we do is the why we do it, that higher purpose that keeps us going every day. Yeah, well, it's amazing. I'm so grateful for you, Ben. So grateful for all that you're doing in town and also to call you my friend. It's good to have you uh, right here in town and it's good to have you right here on the Leadership Lowdown. Thanks so much for being a part of today's show. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschereau. I can't wait to talk to you next time.